despite or maybe because of their best efforts, so-called Moms for Liberty has gone down. Maybe, maybe could it be that education is more important, after all, to Americans than ignorance? I'm Bert Cohen, and with your help, we are keeping democracy alive. He's not breathing. Can I get a pulse? Barely. Public education. It's American detractors call it government indoctrination. They say, who is the federal government to dare to interfere in what America's children should be taught or shouldn't be taught? Isn't it up to the parents? Why should my kids be forced to learn about things I find unnecessary at best and repulsive at worst? Perhaps outside the norms of conservative sexuality? Why should I accede to that being taught? What about our rights as good, straight, moral parents? Can our rights just be trampled? As freedom-loving Americans, we have always been taught that top-down, big government programs are something foreign, like Russia or China. No, it's not for us. We are the land of liberty. No government school, isn't that an interesting phrase, government school, can override our wishes. Under the previous administration, you know, the orange one, the notion of unfettered liberty especially when it comes to our children, saw a new burst of enthusiasm, did it not? We want liberty. The appeal of something called Moms for Liberty would be unnatural in such Trump DeSantis times, would it not? Well, it did have, dare I say, a pregnant moment. Sorry about that. But then, poof, the frightening prospect of far-right religious nationalists dictating what could and couldn't be offered in schools seems to have just had its day. It's done, maybe. And many are surprised. It looks so novel and promising. Well, as our guest today, political science professor Morris Cunningham explains in his essay in The Progressive, on June 30th, 2023, a Washington Post headline declared, Moms for Liberty didn't exist three years ago. Now it's a GOP kingmaker. Well, that was then. This is now, not anymore. How quickly and surprisingly history can sometimes turn. But wait, there's still the concern about teaching little kids about homosexuality and some alleged racist history of America. What happened to the Moms for Liberty slogan, which is, Your parental rights do not stop at the classroom door. With the sudden demise of the right-wing group, what does that mean? for so-called parental rights. Maybe the impetus behind Moms for Liberty wasn't what it seemed. Maybe it was bogus after all. Maybe it was never really about liberty, but just the opposite. Maybe the real goal was to destroy public education all along. And maybe the sexual hypocrisy of Moms for Liberty turned out to be at its very core of being. Ha ha. We'll find out about that. Could it be that after a very impressive start, the forces which value public education, could they have won a clear and convincing victory? Could it be? Are there, dare I say, signs of hope? Morris Cunningham is a retired professor of political science at the University of Massachusetts at Boston and the author of Dark Money and the Politics of School Privatization. That's a big topic. His exceedingly welcome article in The Progressive is titled The Rise and Fall of Moms for Liberty. Well, Morris, thank you so much for being with us today and keeping democracy alive. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Marketing is everything. 
as is timing, of course, marketing and timing. But what could be more patriotic, flag-waving, apple pie-sounding than Moms for Liberty? So how did it start? What is the context it saw in 2022 when the moms gave birth? Well, they really, uh, you know, they officially start their, their Florida Incorporation papers. Incorporation is a nonprofit. Um, uh, make them active as of uh, January 1, 2021. In fact, um, they were uh, put together before that. Um, they were certainly active in the month of December. And uh, interestingly, I've just in the last few days had a, some communication with a political consultant in Florida named Sean Frost, who says, oh, I helped them put it together. And he, he had been uh, the campaign consultant for Tina Deskovich, who was one of the, the founders. And so uh, it's, it's, it's plausible. He would know all these characters from other Republican um, uh, uh, gatherings. And so it's plausible that they put it together. But then, you know, it bursts on the scene in a way that um, is just not consistent with any grassroots group you've ever seen. You know, they're kind of a media sensation almost from the beginning. And it's because they have a very sophisticated uh, media operation behind them uh, rather, than, rather than real grassroots. So it started in 2021, and it, it didn't just uh, come bursting on the scene out of nowhere. And as you say, Moms for Liberty, what a great name, by the way. I mean, that's a terrific name, Moms for Liberty. Who could right. be against Moms for Liberty? It's framed itself as a grassroots organization. What was it? Tell us, please, about its roots and connection to someone I'd never heard of before your article, Morton Blackwell. Tell us, please, about him and its real beginnings. Morton Blackwell is a right-wing political operative who has been around for so long. He was a 1964 delegate for Barry Goldwater. And he learned a good deal from the failures of the Goldwater campaign. And, and then he became an integral, you know, kind of behind-the-scenes operative with other leaders of the new right, like uh, Paul Weyrich and Richard Vigory. And Blackwell's thing in life became... Um, training uh, conservative activists in, in the most extraordinarily, almost mind-loving, mind-numbing detail on how to win at politics. So he started this thing called the Leadership Institute in, back in 1979. Um, and that has trained uh, Karl Rove, Mitch McConnell, um, uh, uh, Speaker Johnson uh, has credited oh, wow. Morton Blackwell for getting him into Congress. Um, thousands and thousands and thousands of folks. Well, Blackwell, uh, it's not clear when he became involved in Moms for Liberty, but he has said very early, and I know that two of the Moms board of directors have trained with the Leadership Institute, and so it's very early indeed. And, you know, when you consider a Morton Blackwell operation, it shouldn't be any great surprise that they were able to generate communications uh, because immediately they did. And uh, on top of that, one of the co-founders, I'm sure we'll get to her, her name is Bridget Ziegler. Oh, yes. Her, her, her husband uh, is a man named uh, uh, Christian Ziegler, uh, currently under investigation by Sarasota Police for an accusation of, of, of rape. Um, but Christian Ziegler is an expert on communications, and so they're right there at the founding. So, um, And, you know, within a month, they're on the Rush Limbaugh program, of all things. And so uh, it's, it's spiraled from there. In 1979, boy, that is a long time ago. That's just barely before Ronald Reagan uh, got elected. Oh, no, wait, he was president. That, we, we, no, he was running. He was, he was, he was second, running. second or third run, depending on how you count them. 
<laughs> right. And so this Morton Blackwell and this uh, Leadership Institute, it, it, what did it spring from? Was it done out of the goodness of his heart? I mean, what, what did no, it No, Blackwell was very much an ideologue. He, want, he wanted to push politics to the right. And um, he he guarded he gathered from the Goldwater campaign, and he's to this day will tell you, well, Goldwater would have been a wonderful president. He would have been a great president, um, and he was right. And so go, so uh, uh, Blackwell concluded, well, it doesn't matter if you're right or not. You can be as right as you want to be, but if you don't know how to win politically, then all your all your moral rectitude and rightness is not going to get you anywhere. So he. He has very uh, uh, much devoted himself to putting together communication strategies, to learning rules and how to manipulate rules for his ends. He is, he's been a member of the Republican National Committee for many years. He's a rules expert there. And so uh, he, is, he is very precise. Um, he, he, these are really state-of-the-art trainings he's put together over the last 44 years. And he's been very successful. But as you said at the beginning, hardly anyone knows him. Uh, but people should know him. He's a critical figure on, uh, on the far right. And I, I have, my guess is he's either from Florida or Texas. <laughs> right? Uh, he's, he's from Virginia. He's, ah, he's okay. a, he is a, uh, you know where he came from originally, if I'm recalling this properly, Louisiana, um, the land of oil and gas. And, uh, of course, he's in Virginia because he moved up to Washington to, to uh, be working with uh, other right-wing figures. And so he's been a, a national committee man from Virginia for some years now, Republican National Committee. And so I wonder, you know, about doing it out of the goodness of his heart, uh, was, was there money involved here? I can't help but think that, you know, there's, there's so, something to it. The Leadership Institute, I wonder what its source of funds are and how Morton Blackwell may have uh, benefited from it. Oh, he does just fine. I, you know, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't looked at his salary in a while. I think it's well over $300,000. He, uh, he, he does okay. Um, the funders, though, uh, you know, the uh, uh, Smog, which is a great it's, website, desmog.com, uh, focused on climate change and so forth, uh, has tracked the funding of the Leadership uh, Institute. Uh, it's uh, the, the Bradley Foundation, the Uline Foundation, uh, Coke, uh, Charles Koch, a lot of dark money uh, operations that run uh, the Edgar and Elsa Prince Foundation. That's Betsy DeVos's uh, uh-huh. uh, parents. Uh, the DeVos, so there's a lot, of, a lot of DeVos money there. There's a lot of Coke money there. Uh, it's sort of, uh, you know, a, a right-wing list of, of folks. Uh, so it's very clear that uh, it's right-wing money all the way through. And there's I mean, such a connection between the right-wing and money, and yet some of the right-wing's biggest backers are people who, frankly, don't have a lot of money. They're, not, they're, they're drawn to it not because they're wealthy and they want to protect their wealth and they don't want to pay their fair share of taxes. Uh, it's, I, I read a book called 1848, which did kind of amaze me. I must say that in Eastern Europe and the revolutions of 1848, some of the biggest backers of the, the aristocracy were the peasants. And yeah. <laughs> so it seems like that. So the appeal, you know, and I, I understand that... Uh, with regard to the uh, religious nationalist, the right wing was not so much about 
you know, abortion. They weren't driving the the, the issue of, of people having uh, sex without procreating. Oh, my God, horrors. But that wasn't the, the issue. The issue was really that's what connected with people. Parental rights. What could sound more basic and more common to the average person than parental rights? From its record, do we know what Moms for Liberty was was really pushing? Can you give some examples of what they are pushing? Oh, sure. What they really are pushing, and you're you're right. The marketing uh, behind this, the phrasing and the slogans and so forth, it it it's very well done by professional marketers. But what what they really are about, it doesn't have anything to do with with parental rights. It has to do with erasing accurate history of the United States, particularly racial history. It has to do with essentially making invisible LGBTQ uh, uh, people, um, erasing them from anything that children would be reading about so that you know, horror of horror is that it, wouldn't, it would normalize the fact that some of their teachers, you know, and, and some of their parents yes. uh, are, are LGBTQ uh, plus people. And so uh, well, we can't talk about that in school. One of the more absurd examples recently, because they've been most successful in Florida, where, where the Moms for Liberty started. Uh-huh. But um, I'll give you a, an absurd recent example, uh, which was um, uh, one of the Moms for Liberty, the co-founder, one of the co-founders, as I mentioned, is Bridget Ziegler. Right. She's currently caught up in a scandal with her husband in which she has, uh, in a police interview, admitted to having a threesome with Christian and another woman. And so, uh, you know, as will happen, your students, if you're in, if you're in middle school, you know, in particular, are going to come to you and say, well, teacher, what's a threesome? <laughs> and you say, well, you have to Google that. I can't, I can't say anything. I can't tell you what that is because Florida law prohibits me from saying anything like that, <laughs> except if the kids are watching the school committee meeting, they're watching people talk on and on endlessly about Bridget and asking her to resign because of the, not because of what she does in her private life, but because of the incredible hypocrisy, because she has been at the forefront of attacking LGBTQ teens, vulnerable children, and she's engaging in this behavior herself, uh, conduct herself. So uh, it's just absurd. Yeah, the hypocrisy is really astounding. And I, I remember during the 2020 campaign when the, uh, the the Trump people were trying really hard to say, they were insisting, if you're a Democrat, you're a pedophile. That's just yeah. the way it is. And, you know, as as I believe Shakespeare said somewhere, methinks thou doth protest too much. And, yeah. you know, that's the hypocrisy is, is astounding. And for those who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here, the show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about the sudden demise, uh, welcome demise, I must say, of uh, the Moms for Liberty. Our guest today is Morris Cunningham, who's uh, written an article about it in Progressive Magazine and also has a book, which we'll talk about, called Dark Money and the Politics of School Privatization. And so we're talking about what Moms for Liberty really is. And, and you allege that Moms for Liberty was, in your words, stoking a culture of fear. That's a strong yeah. statement. Please say more about that. Well, they've conducted book ban campaigns. Um, they've attacked librarians. They've called, as you were just alluding to, they've called teachers, groomers, and pedophiles. Right. Um, in, in, in Florida, where I mean, I'll, I'll give a northern example. New Hampshire uh, changed their laws uh, to to 
uh, in this sort of critical race theory frenzy that yes. has been manufactured by the right. And so uh, in, in K through 12, they can't teach racial history and they have guidelines and uh, and you can report anonymously a teacher. You can report them to the Department of right. Education, which is led by a right wing homeschooler Ugh. in New Hampshire. Horrible and so Moms for Liberty, when this law came into uh, came into being, Moms for Liberty offered a bounty on the head. You could get a $50 bounty if you were the first one to turn in a teacher. So that's the sort of thing that they do. Wow. You know, and I, you could say, oh, it's an isolated, uh, odd person in New Hampshire. No, th- there's stories all over the country. They've done this sort of thing all over the country. Re- repeat after repeat after repeat. It's just, it's amazing. A bounty. I, 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 you know, having been in the state Senate in New Hampshire a while ago, I know there's some, you know, there's a lot more far right wing people now than there used to be back back in my day. But uh, to to have a bounty on that and to, to actually, you know, pay people $50 to turn in somebody, that's that's amazing. I mean, that that I mean, you talk about Moms for Liberty. That seems like just the opposite from something that's conservative and doing something for the good of the children. You know, that that's the idea, good for the good of the children. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the good of the children. It's, vigilant, <laughs> it's vigilante behavior, really. Yeah, vigilantism. Oh, there's such an appeal to vigilantism. I, you know, rather than talk about real issues, just get angry and scare people, and make people afraid. What what were they what were the, the the culture of fear? What were they trying to make people afraid of? Do you think? I mean, just afraid of uh, critical race theory, afraid of homosexuals. I mean, what? what <laughs> yeah, they, well, you see it, it in these laws in New Hampshire, in Florida, and elsewhere. The laws are actually pretty vague, so you have to be concerned. You know, if I if I teach this particular aspect of racial history, does that violate um, the, the uh, because you, I can lose my teaching license. I can be suspended. Right. I can lose my job and my livelihood right. if I'm caught teaching this. Um, and so it's really spread fear. Librarians, um, you know, I know of a case of a, a librarian in rural Maine. We, I mean, we're going to be, you know, and, and she shows up uh, for school every day and uh, the school resource officer goes out to her car and meets her because she's afraid now to walk to her, walk into work by herself because of the nature of the threats that come, anonymous through social media, um, and so forth. And um, they, they really they they have they have promoted a culture of fear, and you know uh, they've been successful at it. One of the you know it, it doesn't take an enormous amount of talent to break stuff. And and um, they're really good at breaking stuff. Um, they've disrupted school board meetings. They've you know, they they've uh, uh, put uh, school board members in fear. They've put the librarians in fear. Uh, and uh, it's uh, it, it's they have been successful in that regard in a lot of places. That is true. Breaking stuff is is so much more fun. Just go in with a sledgehammer and start smashing things around, and it, it, people get attracted to that. As we've seen, it's been a little bit. Well, more than a little bit surprising to me how attractive that is to go around smashing things. But that's that's part of what's going on with the uh, right wing in this country these days. And we talked about Morton Blackwell a little bit earlier. And she he showed his true colors in a sample of his philosophy, if it can really be called a philosophy. Maybe that's too big a word for him. I don't know. Tell us, please, yeah. about the essay he published called The Real Nature of Politics. What two essential technologies from political philosophy did he figure 
led to success. Right. He's he really communications and organization. And this is, by the way, this is available on the Leadership Institute website. If you want to, if any listeners want to take a take a look at at, at Blackwell's uh, theories of politics, um, it's sort of a three part. First, I mentioned you know he learned from Goldwater, who he sure was right about everything that uh, you'll still lose even if you're right. So he said the winner in a political contest is determined by the number of uh, uh, and the effectiveness of activists and leaders on both sides and. That, in turn, is dependent on political technology, you know, the kinds of things you can do to communicate well, as we mentioned earlier, marketing, and to um, create organization, you know. And you have to say, in a lot of places, they have turned people out. They've won school board seats in some places, lost them back last year. Um, and so uh, they have merged these things. What's interesting, I think they, they had a huge, um, you know, perception of them as this as this steamroller of an organization, and they built that through great communications uh, uh, technology. But then, when they were forced uh, to produce on the ground, particularly in the last uh, school board elections in November, you know they got their heads handed to them. Yes. Why? Because I'm, I address this in the in the piece in the Progressive. I think they lost because in a democracy, it really does matter if you're right. <laughs> you know, if enough people come out and say, no, no, we, we want to respect LGBTQ kids, not throw them back in the closet. We want to teach accurate racial history in America so we understand our past and, that, and, and why we're here in the position we're in now. There are more people that want that sort of thing, and they have been activated uh, by uh, Moms for Liberty as well. Uh-huh. So maybe that's a positive thing. Uh, as I've learned over the years of uh, being politically active, there's nothing like adversity as an organizing tool. I mean, the best organizer against uh, uh, the war in Vietnam was Richard Nixon and Kissinger, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it, 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 that's what uh, that builds it. And it's, it's nice to hear that it's a, it's a little bit, dare I say, dare I say, optimistic that people are getting this and actually care about education. And, you know, we have had a few changes over the years, and one never knows what the heck is going to happen in this upcoming election. But one of the most powerful figures, of course, in American politics, until he died uh, a while ago, is Rush Limbaugh, of course. He's gone, but Moms for Liberty fit in perfectly with what he was spreading. Tell us about the name you mentioned earlier, Tina Deskovich and her allies, use of Limbaugh and others, how were such shows used as a tool for Moms for Liberty? Oh, sure. They, you know, they were, uh, again, Deskovich was on the Rush Limbaugh program. He was ill at that time. Uh, he didn't host that day. Uh, but just the same, it's the Rush Limbaugh program. She was on it within a month of the launch of Moms for Liberty, which is, as I say, January 1, but it was really underway before that. And from there, um, once you're on Rush, you know, it was off to Steve Bannon's program, Glenn Beck's program, uh, Fox News. And so uh, Media Matters in America did a terrific report on this, I think, in June of 22. And uh, they had tracked every one of their appearances on Fox and Bannon and the rest of it. And, you know, they were pretty regulars on there. But it's really Rush that kicked it off. That gives it the imprimatur that Uh these are people you want to have. And so um, they were uh, media matters show. They they were launched by right wing media. And the power that was there is really significant. As we all know, people uh, 
not close friends, I assume, who, you know, listened and just swore by, not swore at, but swore by Rush Limbaugh and, and that whole thing. And as you mentioned the word steamroller, there was that whole steamroller effect. And I can't help but think that this Moms for Liberty group somehow imagined that they would be on this steamroller thing, like, it's Moms for Liberty, it's apple pie and Chevrolet, yeah. you know, how can it possibly not be a steamroller? You know, you, it's but it, the cleverness of it is, as you say, the name moms. Well, who's against moms and who's right. against liberty, right. right? But you know, you look at so, so. I mean, do you want the face of your organization to be, you know, middle class white suburban women, or do you want it to be eighty four year old Morton Blackwell? <laughs> if I want to be effective, I think I'll take the nice suburban women, Not you know, true. who say we're just out to protect the children. You know, and not this guy who's been really he's been pulling strings in the Republican Party for for for, for over 60 years, you know, and, uh, you know, you, you can't make him the face of the organization. He's he, he's 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 the string puller, though. Uh, yeah, you got to have that image, you know, and I, I will. It's frustrating to me as a traditional liberal Democrat, how Republicans get this Democrats just, I don't know. We don't get it. We just don't get how we need to, you know, be really clear in our communication and understand marketing. Uh, there's yeah. so many opportunities. It's like, uh, you know, as Will Rogers theoretically said, uh, I'm not a member of any organized party. I'm a Democrat. You know? yeah. and, and so it seems to be the case. So with all the clutter on mainstream and social media. And I remember thinking that, wow, with this social media and CNN and all that stuff, uh, that it would be good for democracy. There'd be more ideas and more yeah. participation in, in actual democracy and running our republic. But uh, with all the clutter, it, breaking through with theatrical timing is essential. In addition to right-wing media, you say the mainstream press has sometimes been as obliging as right-wing media. Talk about about that, please. Oh, I I wish uh, I, I, I'm I'm glad to have this format, but I wish for, for thirty seconds I could I, I had uh, could show you a visual. There's the thing that stands out for me. There's a Washington Post October 2021 article on Moms for Liberty, and um, you know Christian Ziegler says in it, oh, you know all. I've, all, I've never been able to get uh, 20 and 30-year-old women involved in Republican politics, and Moms for Liberty has done it for me. But the thing that stands out to me is a photograph they ran of Tina Deskovich. And, and she's, Tina Deskovich is kind of in a white suit, um, and she's pulling the suit open a little bit. So it's like Superman bursting out of the phone book, uh -huh. the type of thing, uh -huh. to show the, the, the Moms for Liberty uh, blue t-shirt with the uh, we don't co-parent with the government slogan <laughs> and over her shoulder honestly this picture this is an american flag and tina is bathed in light in a halo of light i mean you could <laughs> you could uh, if you handed that to, to them and said we'd like you to run that picture they'd say we can't run a picture like that we're a news organization <laughs> but they they took the picture themselves and ran it. It's just it, she's she's it's it's beatific looking, and I thought, 
Oi, you are great for the skepticism. You know, I mean, what's the old media saying, Bert? Bert, You know, if if your mother tells you something, check it twice or something like that. And here, here Moms for Liberty says, oh, no, we're just three moms. And they say, okay, we'll print that. And, And a nice picture, too. It's really, boy, oh, boy. And they still, the mainstream media to this day has given them, uh, has failed to recognize, for the most part, what they are. And I I have found it exceptionally disturbing how the mainstream media, it seems like all they care about is keeping their advertisers happy. That's where the money comes from. Again, they're not doing it out of goodness of their hearts. They're doing it for money. And if something has an image that grabs people, you know, like like as you were describing the Superman, the comic bookish hero role. Uh, you know, no, we're not editorializing here. It's just this is what grabs people, and you know, it's eye candy, sure. eye candy. Yeah. What about what about this thing called the Liberty Sword that Christian Ziegler talked about as well? It's part of oh yeah. yeah. So they uh, Moms for Liberty, um, their their first. Uh, national event. They had a national summit in 2022 and another one in 2023. And so, uh, you know, the conservative organization, this is the Morton Blackwell thing too, um, is they gin up these awards, you know, that have never existed before. And then they, they give them to each other as a way to boost the, their credibility, I guess. And so Moms <laughs> for Liberty came up with this. Uh, it's a Liberty sword. They call it the Liberty sword. I guess it's the biggest award they can give. And uh, really, it looks like something that somebody stole off a Monty Python set years ago and, and never returned. But anyway, they give it to, uh, you know, in, in, in 2022, they gave it to Ron DeSantis. Oh, in 2023, guess who they gave it to? Mm-hmm. Morton Blackwell. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Liberty you know? Sword. Well, people yeah. have, it's been disappointing how people go for this simplistic stuff and, uh, you know, a, a hero coming in on a, on a white horse. And, you know, I mean, let's face it, that's what Ronald Reagan was. He was, a, yeah. you know, he was a Hollywood actor who was better than I gave him credit for, actually, in terms yeah. of being a Hollywood actor. The Liberty Sword. How, who yeah. could be against the Liberty Sword? Yeah. If you just do, yeah, but you know, ahead. to get to the point you just made, I mean, one of the, what I what I do as a researcher is I track these parent groups, and I see it over and over again. There are other groups that came in with Moms for Liberty, like Parents Defending Education, No Left Turn in Education, uh, and there are other groups that have been around longer. Um, and I, I observe them over and over. They all kind of have the same creation story, but it's oh, two or three moms got over over a coffee one day and said, we need to do something about the schools and we'll form a little organization. And boom, within a month, they're sitting on a million dollars from Coke or the Waltons or something. I say, well, I don't know. I'm not sure I believe that story entirely. But but the press is, is gullible to it for some reason. I don't understand it. it they, they are amazingly gullible and they don't seem to care about pressure for doing, dare I say, the right thing and, and defending democracy and defending uh, actual education. It seems like uh, the, the Trump era came in largely in many different factors, but, but uh, they, they saw education, educated people as being elitists. Well, who wants yeah. to be an elitist? You know, ignorance yeah. is just as valuable as education. And it's, I don't know how much progress we've made in terms of rolling that back. It's it's very difficult and widely accepted on the right that you know that you're right. You know my uh, my uh, my internet search is just as valuable as 
<laughs> you know, many years acquiring a, a PhD and MD and right, is in the right. lab and so forth. No, my I found something on the internet that says that you're wrong. So, uh, you know, there's the the uh, the Bucks County Beacon, which is a wonderful uh, uh, paper uh, news source up in um, Pennsylvania. Um, they actually taped a uh, they got into a, a training session at Moms for Liberty's conference and taped a guy named Jordan Adams who. who had been hired. Uh, he's a Hillsdale College guy. And oh, jeez. He was hired to uh, revamp the curriculum in, in in one of the school districts by a Moms for Liberty school board. And he basically came in and said, "Don't call me an expert. I'm not an expert." Mm. Well, what the? Mm. <laughs> you're redesigning the curriculum. You don't know. You, now you tell us you know nothing about curriculum because it's to be an expert or to have expertise is is an insult to them. It's just it's all everything is backward. It it is quite surprising, and I I don't know how it's going to get better. And you know, I don't know about most people, but you know, I want people in government, you know, in the presidency and Congress, and you know, and in the court systems, to know more than me, to be more skilled than I am. I really do. I don't want them to be less yeah, skilled. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but I I seem to be in a minority. I don't know. Anyway, dear listener, if you just tuned in, Bert Cohen here. The show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about the very backbone of democracy, education, and the rise and fall of uh, Moms for Liberty. I just I love the, the title of it. And our guest today has written an article uh, on this uh, with that title, The Rise and Fall of the Moms for Liberty, Morris Cunningham. And he's a retired professor of political science who I think knows his stuff. He's not. He's somewhat of an expert. Yeah, I value such things. I do value <laughs> education. I really do. And uh, you say of of this guy Ziegler, and of course I'm reminded this is how old I am. Of Ron Ziegler, Nixon's press secretary, but it's not the same Ziegler. I may be related. I don't know. But you say of uh, Christian Ziegler, it's a stunning debut that he made, unless you understand the backstory of Moms for Liberty, as researched by popular blogger and retired public school teacher Peter Green. Not the Peter Green who started Fleetwood Mac, the great guitarist, but please please explain. Yeah. Well, Peter, uh, he, uh, is, he, really, he really does very good research. He, he, he writes it up for Forbes online sometimes, and he has a blog called Curmudgeocation. Um, and Peter got interested in what had preceded Moms for Liberty. Where did these folks come from? Right. So Bridget Ziegler was, was and still is a school committee woman. Tina Deskovich was a school committee woman. Tina Tiffany Justice was a school committee woman. And uh, Bridget and Tina Deskovich got involved in this thing called uh, the Florida Coalition of School Board Members, a conservative organization. And Tina traced them back, and one of the early offices uh, was a guy named Sean Frost. And Frost, lo and behold, got elected to school board with money from Betsy DeVos. Betsy DeVos gave him a thousand, and then her, uh, her, 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 her what is called a five hundred one c four dark money operation, wow. gave twenty thousand to uh, a super PAC that that spent the money on Frost and got him that seat. So these folks were all working together with Erica Donalds, who has been spoken about as a possible Secretary of Education in the next Trump administration. Her husband is now a congressman from, from Florida, Byron Donalds. So it's a very, you talk about elites, these are very well-connected um, political operatives, and Peter kind of got the prehistory 
of Moms for Liberty there. And so, as I mentioned earlier on, that you know, uh, it was Sean Frost who says that you know I was I I put together the battle plan for them when mm. when Tina Deskovich lost her seat in 2020. We said, what's the next step? And I I helped to put together Moms for Liberty. So so um, the connections there run deep, and they run back to Betsy DeVos. So the the connections, it's it's interesting if you look at what the right wing is, what the uh, religious nationalist movement is all about, you know, in terms of changing the, the judiciary system and, t- and going around the legislative process, um, putting pressure on at school boards. And, yep. you know, one of the things that... Uh, uh, that the Republicans have learned is that school boards and local elections are exceedingly important at making yep. real long-term lasting change. And it went all the way up to uh, the education secretary, Betsy DeVos. And some of us like, oh, yeah, I know their name, Betsy DeVos. But tell, remind us, please, was she part? Who, she was education secretary, which is anti-education. Yeah. She was education secretary under Trump. She is um, an heiress, which is a nice job to have. Um, of the Amway, Amway fortune, um, and a member of, of the richest family in Michigan. And she has been spending her money for many, many years to attempt to privatize education in Michigan, mm. usually failing. But um, the same operation that funded Sean Frost in Florida, American Federation for Children, has been very successful in funding uh, legislators in uh, Nebraska, Iowa, Arizona, a lot of places. And those uh, legislators um, have, have then turned around and done DeVos's bidding in terms of pushing school vouchers and charters and other school privatization plans. So she is a major figure um, uh, if you remember her, if her listeners remember her reign as Secretary of Education, she knows almost nothing about education, right. but she is she has a, a, a bottomless uh, wallet, and that's where her power comes from. Mm. Well, what could be more reflective of somebody's qualifications than having a bottomless wallet and having in the job of heiress? Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. There can't be any more skills than that, I suppose. And of course, I'm you know you're reminding me and others that uh, Trump a while ago said he loved uneducated people. And, you know, throughout history, when there have been fascist movements, they rely on people marching in literal lockstep and not thinking for themselves. The last thing you want among your citizens is to have them capable of critical thinking. They don't want to have critical thinking. So how much influence did Moms for Liberty have and I love to put in the past tense, on Trump's education policies. Tell us about the Council for National Policy. What were its surprisingly, surprisingly unambiguous goals? Yeah, so the Council for National Policy is another uh, venerable, I guess we'll call it, Uh, venerable is the wrong word, aged, Uh, also also co-founded by, who else, Morton Blackwell, back in 80, 81, Mm. I think. And the Council for National Policy, there's a wonderful book uh, by Ann Nelson called Shadow Network about Council for National Policy, because it, it is like Blackwell. It is not very well known. But Council for National Policy is a sort of umbrella clearinghouse for right-wing organizations. And so uh, the coordination comes out of Council for National Policy, um, about 400 members at a given time, but very secretive. But in 2017, they released a, an education 
reform memo to the incoming Trump and DeVos administration. And they said, what we need to do is to work toward abolishing uh, uh, public education. Mm -hmm. And we replace public education with free market schools, religious schools, home schools, as the normative American practice. Mm. So that is what American education would be if these people were able to carry out their plan. It would be market schools, for-profit schools, religious schools, homeschooling, that's it. And I do find it interesting that the, the, the people who argue in favor of such things say, well, what's wrong with competition? Isn't competition good for the economy? Isn't competition good for strengthening our national security? This is an area where you know public schools have done wonderful things for, for us since, since the 1600s when the first public school emerged in Massachusetts. Right, right. Um, and so uh, they are under constant attack because people like Blackwell and ideologues on the right want to make profit off of it. And they don't want, they deeply resent, people like Koch deeply resent my tax dollars coming out of their bank accounts in order to educate kids they could care less about, right. you know? And so th- this is what it's about. This is about this is about controlling the purse strings and controlling, you know, as we were just talking about a few minutes ago, if you don't have an educated uh, 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 populace right. able to critically analyze what they're hearing uh, from political figures and business leaders and so forth, um, then it makes life a whole lot easier for those folks. And so uh, they want to get rid of public education. They want to get rid of teachers' unions because they are the most effective opponent of uh, Leadership Institute and their allies. And that is what it's about. That is a campaign to get rid of this, despite all the happy talk about parents' rights and so forth. Well, they say that uh, uh, teachers' unions are, you know, a bunch of left-wing homosexual, communist, whatever. And it, it, it's, it's fear. It's ginning up fear. And as, as we all know, you know, it, it, one of the best ways to communicate anything is with actual stories, actual like personal yep. stories. They often best illustrate many points. You, you write that recounting the outrages committed by Moss for Liberty would take all day. Well, we don't have all day, but we do have some time. So if, if you could share some of those specific outrages with us. Well, yeah, I mentioned the uh, you know sort of the bounty before they uh, they had a uh, they just had a member. This is crazy. This is again out of out of Pennsylvania. It just popped up in the last day. Um, one of their allies, a, a Moms for Liberty uh, member who uh, actually ran for lieutenant governor as a Republican, did not make it, um, was just busted for having. Uh, uh, an underage drinking party at her house where she and her boyfriend uh, both apparently punched one of the youngsters in a dispute. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. There's uh, another member. Uh, I, I can't, can't remember exactly what state she's from. Um, another Moms for Liberty member who uh, hacked the Facebook account of a, uh, of a woman who had passed away and began in using that Facebook account to launch attacks on opponents of hers who were fighting for a Democratic school committee. Um, there's, uh, oh, there's, uh, there's, there's a woman, I think, I don't want to, I don't want to name the state in case I get, I get it wrong. Right. Uh, there's a, another Moms for Liberty uh, uh, member who, who, who made threats. You know, if I, if I, if I weren't quite as, as sound of mind as I am right now, I'd go shoot up that school department. 
you know, these sorts of things. Mm. And, uh, you know, they're just, it's just, it's just the things that occur are almost unbelievable, except they, they actually happen, you know? Um, you know, they've, they've attacked, I mean, they, the, the book bands that they've been successful oh, right. all over the country, you know, um, they banned Amanda Gordon's poem, uh, for Biden's inauguration got banned in Florida, you know, they've been, listen, they, they, they've hit the, they've hit the triple crown, the, 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 the the, the, the Southern Poverty Law Center has designated them an anti-government extremist group. The Human Rights Campaign has singled them out for attacks on LGBTQ youth. And uh, what's the third one? Uh, ah, uh, PEN America has singled them out for their book banning activities. And so there's the triple crown <laughs> of anti-democratic behavior, uh, won only by Moms for Liberty. And I do wonder sometimes if if you ask people, do you really do you care about democracy? Is democracy important to you? I don't know what the answer would be. I'm not. I don't think I want to ask. But you know, Nikki Haley got in a little bit of hot water for not answering the question as the person wanted her to answer it about slavery and the uh, Civil War. And you know, looking back at history, and as one of my guests, I forget who said, think we need to think with history. Yes, we do. The right wing of today is really not unlike the philosophy behind the Confederacy. States' rights, leaving it up to the states and not the federal government. And that fits in nicely with the uh, Confederate Moms for Liberty, uh, the all-important state level. How much much success did Moms for Liberty achieve at that level before their rather stunning and continuing fall? Yeah, I, on the fall, too, you know, they're still together. I would expect that, that, that the Blackwell and others have put too much investment into an infrastructure with them. Uh, you know, I, I think, although there, there are more news stories today of other groups breaking, local chapters breaking away, but in some form or another, they will, you know, they'll be new and improved and pop up somewhere else. But they did do a lot of damage. Um, uh, you know, they, they did take over some school boards, Um you know, to give you an example, in, in Sarasota County uh, in Florida, where Bridget Ziegler became the chair in the last of the school board, in the last election, Moms for Liberty um, uh, won enough seats with active campaign help from the Proud Boys, by the way. They took control of the school board, and they immediately, uh, at their first meeting, they fired the superintendent. Well, the superintendent was a very capable Republican, but... but you know, he was not right wing enough. Right. He actually wasn't. He actually valued education, and it was, by all accounts, from every member of every party, was doing a good job. That wasn't good enough for them. So mm. they got rid of. So they got rid of him. And of course, the idea is to bring in, you know, one of their own. And they have detailed plans to do these sorts of things. You know, their trainings are not just how to win a seat, but what do we do in the first week? What do we do in the second week? What do we do six months down the road? What do we do a year down the road? Who do we have to trample over? Who do we have to get rid of right away in order to make these things work? So it's 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 planned out, and you know they've had some success around. And right now, um, because of democracy itself, they've taken a beating, and because of their hypocritical uh, behavior, they've taken a beating. 
Um, but we will be fighting this fight for a long, long time. Ah, yes, nothing comes easy. And people that, that get frustrated, you know, I remember back in the late 60s, showing my age here, people felt, well, there was no revolution. We lost. No, it takes a long time. You have to continue at it and work incrementally. That's just my opinion, I, I suppose. But, uh, you know, we're not, th- we're not there yet, and there's still a heck of a lot of, of work to do. Uh, and if you get, again, for those listeners who may have just tuned in, Bert Cohen here, the show is Keeping Democracy Alive. We're talking about education. Uh, Dark Money and the Politics of School Privatization is a book written by our guest, Morris Cunningham. And we're talking about Moms for Liberty. When you think about Moms for Liberty and Proud Boys, <laughs> what images, hey, perfect images there. You know, leaders standing up tall in the saddle, more Reagan type stuff. And the, the effort to defund public education is not new in my state, New Hampshire. It, it, school choice. Yeah. School choice is a phrase they saw with some success to popularize. As you write, right-wing propagandist Chris Rufo proposed that to get universal school choice, you really need to operate from a premise of universal school distrust. Right. What do we know about the success of that effort and how strong is it and something to still be concerned about? It's, it's something we all should be very concerned about going forward, and it's probably the, 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 the matter of uh, their greatest success. Not only Moms for Liberty, but Parents Defending Education, No Left Turn in Education, a host of other right-wing groups that have just come up in the last three years as the face of, as you say, the right-wing effort to undo private, uh, to public education that's been going on for decades. Yeah. But as we, you know, to get back to what, something we mentioned earlier, Bert, uh, what they're good at is chaos. Yeah. And, and and fostering distrust, you know, is, is, is you create chaos, and 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 that's going to foster distrust and less faith in in the public schools, and place enormous burdens on educators uh, to meet the challenges, and and they've been successful at that. They're great at they're great at breaking stuff, um, and 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 what we we don't want to get to is what they want to install in its place, yes. because again, it's it's. Religious schools, we all one religion, <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, and private, you know, for-profit schools and homeschooling, yep. uh, which is also often largely uh, uh, religious-based as well. And so uh, that's what they want to build. Uh, but to do that, they have to destroy something that's been around uh, in the U.S. since the 1640s, and that's public schooling. And a lot of us uh, really value that, and it's it's being tested right now. Which you know, which way is the momentum going? It seems to be going toward preserving and protecting our well things that are actually conservative, like education. I mean, what could the word conserve? Conserving our values here, and education is is part of our traditional values. And you know, the obviously moms for chaos. Oh, I should say moms for liberty uh, is. Uh, they don't just focus on K through 12 public education. They focused on higher education as of late as well. And there's a lot of pressure to undermine college and university professors. What are their real goals in terms of colleges and universities? It seems like they're really trying to frighten a lot of these uh, pe- people and, and make them lose their jobs. And again, they do it successfully. This, this uh, really, uh, a lot of their big push on colleges precedes even uh, what they've done in K through 12. And again, one of the organizations—not the only one—but one of the organizations involved in this is a group called Campus Reform, which is a project of the Leadership Institute. It's Morton Blackwell's baby. 
And what they do is they will, they will take something a professor has said or written and twist it, uh, take it out of context and twist it around, and then maybe get it on the Daily Signal, the Daily Wire, or a Breitbart, or something like that. And boom, if they really get, get going with it, it can wind up on Fox. And what, what comes out of that? Um, uh, online threats, doxing, uh, uh, physical threats of intimidation, um, Trinity College down in Hartford had to shut down for a day once mm. because a professor was under attack from store uh, after campus reform generated a really unfair and out of context story about his, about his scholarship and who gets targeted with these often uh, 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 professors who are professors of color or professors who are LGBTQ right. those who work in those areas. Um, so it's very selectively targeted at these at these folks. It's been going on for. Uh, a long time. I learned a lot of a lot of what I know from the scholarship of people who've been tracking what goes on in colleges. Mm. And we can't give up on that. It's exceedingly important, and the pressure is really intense. There's no question about that. And aside from, in addition to uh, university and college professors, uh, I wonder about members of Congress. I mean, it's a huge body of, of people there, and you know, many of them are also Trump right wing radicals, and they've connected with and promoted Moms for Liberty. I wonder if you could. Tell us about some of them. Is it the usual suspects? Well, it is. And, you see, you know, as I say, the Speaker of the House, right. actually, Johnson, is one of them. He, he, he's said that Morton Blackwell put him into Congress. And he, uh, is, he, he worked for years with, uh, was a lead attorney for an operation called the Alliance Defending Freedom, also designated by Southern Poverty Law Center as a hate group and uh, overtly trying to Christianize public education uh, is, is what the ADF does. Mm. And so, uh, you know, Johnson is, you know, is almost a sleeper. Whoever heard of him until all of a sudden right. he was speaker. And, and uh, there he is. But he is a committed right-wing evangelical warrior who would like to undo the progress this nation has, has made um, uh, in terms of religious freedom, in terms of free speech, and certainly in terms of our, our attempts to address our racial history. And it amazes me, calling itself Moms for Liberty, you know, this whole apple pie thing, and, you know, with the Superman image of, you know, the flag. Yeah. It's really kind of the antithesis. It really is. I mean, the fascism, and let's face it, that's what it what it's pushing for, you know, is, is the opposite of that. And there's been some reason for... Optimism, the proof of success is always in the pudding, as they say. What were the goals of the 2023 school board elections across the country, and how successful were they? What about looking back at the 2023 school board elections? What did you see? Um, defeat after defeat after defeat for Moms yes. for Liberty and their allies in, 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 in purple districts in Pennsylvania, in red districts in Iowa, um, in Arizona, in Nebraska, across the country, they lost. They they lost many of the seats that they were attempting to get, and they lost school boards that they'd taken over two years ago. And I have to say, part of the myth of this organization has been the willingness to 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 reprint uh, not just uh, right wing media but mainstream media uh, what they say about their successes. Because in other cases, mainstream media, AP and Reuters and others were reporting in 2022 and earlier in 2023 right. that they were losing many of the school board races they entered in. But this story developed that they were, they were this kind of powerhouse, mm. and, then they mm. went in, and then they went into 2023 when things really 
you know, when enough people were paying attention on the ground and, 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 and organizing against them, and they really got shellacked in 2023. And I think that's, and people who have studied it, a guy at Brookings Institute who wrote a good study on them said that, you know, his conclusion out of this is that they're now toxic, that you, you harm yourself if you run with the Moms Liberty label. Oh, this is this is so good to hear. Well, I got to ask about the Ziegler's, the, that couple, uh, the Ziegler's, their sexual scandal. How significant was that? Was could was that like a nail in the coffin of the anti-education movement? How significant? Well, it was, I, again, you know, they've been at this for decades, and it won't it won't finish them off. But it might finish off the Ziegler's, who are a uniquely toxic pair uh, in American politics. He is the chair of the Florida Republican Party. She is a oh, school right. committee woman in uh, in Sarasota County and a co-founder of Moms for Liberty. The other two will tell you oh, <laughs> oh she left it early on. She's been involved all the way through. Um, and um, about uh, oh, just a few weeks ago, I guess November 30th or so, the story broke that Christian was under uh, investigation by the police in Sarasota County uh, after a, a, a woman, uh, a, a previously a friend of both of them, charged that he had raped her. In the course of that investigation, it came out that uh, Bridget had interviewed and had uh, had conceded uh, in her interview with police that she had had w- at least one threesome with Christian and the woman who was the alleged victim in this case. So there are efforts to get rid of Christian as the chair. Bridget Ziegler has come under fire to resign. She won't resign. Um, but they, you know, they, they, they're clinging to power Trump style. They portray themselves as these moral religious people. Right, when in fact, right. you know, and I don't, who cares what they do in the privacy of their own home? They right. fine. Uh, you know, but the hypocrisy, the hypocrisy of it. Yes. You know, I mean, this is a woman who has attacked, she's a school committee member and she's attacking, elder, attacking teenagers in her school department because they're, because they're out LGBTQ teens. I mean, these are, these are children for heaven's sakes. It's just the appalling hypocrisy of these people. And if I can on one last thing on this sexual thing, because I will sure. tell you, their keynoter, the Mausoleum keynoter in 2023, you'll recognize the person I'm talking about from the description. Uh-oh. He has been accused of paying off a porn star for harsh money. Yeah. He has, uh, I can't repeat it, but he's grabbed, bragged about grabbing women wherever and whenever he wants to. Yes. And he has been found uh, responsible in a court of law for a sexual abuse and had to pay a $5 million fine in that case. And um, I'll, leave, I'll leave it to the listeners to figure out who I'm referring. But no, <laughs> has, has the mainstream media, really, and I've tried to push the story, has the mainstream media said, maybe, you know, maybe given the fo- person you have as your keynote speaker, you're not such a, a, a <laughs> you're not bound by, by conventional sexual morality? No, nothing, nothing. Uh, it is it is amazing. The book is called Dark Money and the Politics of School Privatization. It's an ongoing struggle. It ain't over yet, folks, but we're starting to make some progress. Morris Cunningham, thank you so much for being with us today. Very, it, It's encouraging. What can I tell you? I like education. I really do. I think education is terrific. Critical thinking is a wonderful value. And uh, thanks so much for being with us today and for the work that you're doing. The book, again, is called Dark Money and the Politics of School Privatization. Thank you. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Bert. Never give up the struggle or his fight for the liberty tree. It's a tall old tree and a strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Stand for the rights of man, boys, stand against all tyranny. And the lands of freedom, boys, high on the liberty tree. It's a tall old tree.
If you enjoyed that discussion, don't miss a single show. Subscribe. It's all free. And if you find the information valuable, your friends probably do too. Please ask them to also subscribe. It's on Apple, Spotify, Progressive Radio Network, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and of course, the website, keepingdemocracyalive.com. Thanks very much.